Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Well, um, I'm going to kick off of a little bit of what Tony was talking about last week, and um, which was so good. He was talking about marriage last week. This this Sunday is not about marriage, but there was something that he he touched on last week that we're going to use and hook onto that and go on. We want to note that the Bible is the bedrock of um, our worldview. There are many worldviews. There are many different opinions. And everyone feels theirs is valid. And so small wars can be fought over a worldview. But as a church, as believers that call ourselves after the name of Jesus Christ, this is what we affirm as part of of what we believe. We constructed something, uh, as other churches did, uh, to affirm what we believe and what we hold dear. This is the first one. We affirm that the Word of God, the Holy Bible, is the first and the last authority. Can everybody say so far, amen? Amen. The first and last, the final authority in our lives and our community of faith and the lens through which we understand the world, life, seasons, circumstances, and feelings. I'll say again, there are many different thoughts, many different feelings, many different opinions, many different perspectives. But as a church, as believers in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the Word of God as the final and the first authority, and it provides us the lens through which literally we see everything. Can you agree with that? Say amen. And so that is why when you come to church as as, um, believers in what Tony and I feel very responsible with, it is important that we look at the Word of God. And you're going to be able to hear all kinds of different thoughts and opinions elsewhere. But when we come into this place, come around this table, we're lifting up the Word of God. All right? There are other authorities, however, that correspond with and support and and corroborate the Word of God. There are other truth. There are other things that present truth. Science does. That's a delight when you find wonderful things about science that just say amen to the Word of God. History does. And so there are all different kinds of people that have dedicated their lives to research and study. And they have found wonderful things uh, that are truths. They're facts. And we love this, that truth and facts actually Go to support and say amen to the word of God. They're worth looking into. They are worth your time to investigate them. In this this house of of, of faith, um, we spend our time chiefly in the word of God and connect to these additional authorities, all right? Just as like uh, what David mentioned in in, uh, the prayer of... um, Uh, for prayer for Australia. Now, Tony, with regard to marriage last week, um, he gave this verse of scripture. And so rather than just saying, uh, this is our opinion about it, this is the way I feel about it, he gave this verse of scripture, and it's in Matthew, the 19th chapter. Let's look back this. This is where I'm hooking on. Matthew 19 and verse 4. The Pharisees had just asked Jesus a question regarding marriage, and this was Jesus' response, okay? How many of you feel like Jesus counts for anything? All right, okay. So Jesus answered and said to them, have you not read? Now, the reason we have that highlighted is because that's huge. He was talking to doctors of the law, and he asked them, have you not read the scripture? (laughs) 
So that could have actually been a little bit insulting. <clears throat> but they were considering several different things. Jesus took them back to the word. And so this is our practice. In our following Jesus Christ and his example, what we do is go straight away back to the word of God. He said, have you not read? And then he went on to... Um, to quote to them that he that made them at the beginning made them male and female and said for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together let not man separate. Okay and Tony talked about that this last week. Then the doctors of the law the Pharisees said this. They said to him why then did Moses command? Okay so their basis of belief or their lens went back to Moses. Moses was exalted as the lawgiver and they took it back to the law. That's fine. Moses, uh, did Moses give a command to give a certificate of divorce to put her away? Now look at what Jesus' response. Jesus said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. Now look at this last phrase. But from the beginning, it was not so. So we follow Jesus' example. What is his example in this portion of scripture? He went back to the word. And not only did he go back to the word, he went back to the beginning. Before sin messed anything up. He took us back to the, to the very original intent of the creator's heart when he made what he made. Don't you love that? So if Jesus went back to the word, if Jesus went back to the beginning of God's heart and intent when he created the heavens and the earth, then to the, our honest um, endeavor... As a church family, we want to go back to the Word. And let's look what the Word of God has to say because it provides us lens through which we look at everything without bias, without attitude, without anything ugly because the lens of the Word of God is always going to be truth with love. Aren't you thankful for the love of God? It's never going to make you a rabble crowd and mean. It's always going to fill you with truth, but the truth of God in Love. Praise God. So let's look at this today. Our, our subject today is I choose life. I choose life. Or we could say it this way. The right and responsibility of choice. We could also say this. Free will. Has man been given a free will? Or are we puppets on a string? Are we just wind-up toys that just um, in the cosmic um, span of things? Well, we're going to see what the Bible has to say about it, what God has to say about it. And we see this, if you can look at that. There is a choice. There is an amazing choice, and not only choice, but choice as life is full of them. Uh, that goes all the way back to the book of Genesis where in the second chapter God told the, the man and the woman that he created, he said, at the trees of the garden they could eat anything but not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of, the, of good and evil. He said, because if you eat of the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in that day you'll die. Now, he wasn't saying, I'm going to kill you. You know, like, like, like a lightning coming out of his finger. No, what he was saying, if you choose to go on that road, what is on that road is death. So don't go on that road. I've given you a garden full of trees to eat of. Eat of that tree. Of course, in doing that, where we see that God gave man, didn't just hardwire him to to uh, just be a robot of what he wanted. He actually elevated humanity and dignified humanity above plant life and animal life. 
He made God in his image, and man's free will of choice is a crowning, crowning quality of every human being. Now, uh, God knowing, because God being omniscient, could see what man would do with that free choice and that man would actually choose against God. You just think, why did he make us that way? Why didn't he just make us do the right thing? Why didn't he do that? When, when influence crosses a line of just being influenced to enable and, and assist choice for free will, when influence, and influence in its proper way, influence provides facts and it, it provides a different surrounding so that somebody comes to a point of choice, either bad or good. But when influence crosses a line and is no longer influenced but then begins to impose its will on somebody else, it ceases being influence and it begins to be manipulation. Has anybody in here ever manipulated? Yeah. I discovered the art as a mother. <laughs> I had to hone the art as a wife because he was on to me right away. So it's not an uncommon thing among, it's something that you want, you want something and you present it, it's not, it's not accepted and so you think, no is not the right answer, nor is it the final answer. We're gonna find a way. And so, yeah, manipulation, but manipulation taken to another degree turns into bullying. There may have been somebody in here bullied, or maybe you were the bully. If it goes beyond that, it becomes abuse and oppression. Yeah, it can. And when that happens, when influence crosses the line and gets into those zones, then instead of choice, instead of leading a person to choice, then it instills fear. And it's, in, it's not choice anymore. What a person does is because of fear, is driven by fear. God doesn't do that. God is love. So God has and will never cross the line from influence into manipulation, into bullying, and into abuse. God is not an abuser. God is not a bully, and God is not a manipulator. And aren't we glad this morning about it? God is love. So he doesn't control, he doesn't influence with fear. He influences with truth, all right? So, uh, yeah, so what happens is fear, people get into fear and, 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 and uh, then do what they do out of fear. But if, if somebody gets tired of, of being in fear, uh, there are some people will rise up and rebel. Like, no. Rebel, or, and then that re rebellion, if it is, is amped up and taken to another degree, then if it meets with somebody with an equal will, then we come head to head and we got war. Two wills that meet each other that won't give in. We got war. So war can be between two nations. War can be in a nation. War can be in a home. Where two wills will not give. All right? So, uh, yeah, we're going to look at the human will today. Every person, if you can, every person, when they are born, are given, you're hard, you're hardwired with a will to choose. God made us by design to have a will. What's an interesting thing is that will is very much like a steering wheel 
So my will is my wheel that I navigate life with, all right? Now, if I'm coming up, which we have done, uh, you come up to a choice in road, you're going to go someplace to someplace in the city that you've not been before, which way do you go? You can go by what seems right. Maybe somebody told you, look out for this, that, or the other. What you remember, maybe, if you were there one time before. What seems right, how you just feel in the moment. How many of you have ever uh, gone by those seems-like navigation abilities on the inside and uh, not liked where you ended up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's actually why they have maps. But there, there, has, there has to be this, um, I don't know, this, uh, this humility or whatever to consult the map. And I think that the male gender of our humanity finds it very difficult. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay, I'm backing out of that one really fast. So... If you're going, if you've got a choice of, should I go down this street? Is that the right one? Am I going to, is, is this one going to take me to the, my destination? Is this street going to take me to the, my destination? A lot of times, the, what is at the beginning of that street is not enough facts to let you know, I mean, by sight and by the way you feel, to be able to tell you where the destination is. And so you have to consult a map. It gives you more of a bird's eye view that also tells you not just the way it looks at the beginning of the road, but also how it looks at the end. And what's good about God and his word is in the word, it becomes very clear. God says, if you take this road, this is what will happen. Not from God, it's just what's on that road. That road's going to take you there. If you take this road, this is where this road is going to take you, and this is what is in that road. So, uh, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, in verse four, uh, chapter 14, in verse 12, says it this way, there is a way that seems right to a man. It seems right. Seemed like the right road. I don't know, it felt like the right road. Seemed, it, it just felt like it could be the right thing. You know, it looked good. But the way, the end of it is death. So if we navigate, it's one thing if you're, you've got a party to go to and you go with, with seems like and are a half hour late for a party because you didn't, you didn't have, uh, choose the right roads. That's one thing. But there are life choices that mistakes in choice can be quite costly, all right? May not, may not require your physical life, but it is costly. So let's go to this famous portion of Scripture. It's in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter in verse 19. And it says here, today, let's say this, today, Okay, because we're going to look at, we're going to hammer on today a little bit later on. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. Now, I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. You make. Oh, that you would choose life, that you and your descendants might live. All right. So, God sets before us life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he says, you choose. God doesn't choose it for us. We choose, all right? We choose life. And notice this, the other highlighted portion, the choices that we make, whether to go towards death because it just seemed like, I mean, nobody would maybe on purpose just say, oh, I choose death. But what we may choose is the way that that road looks, what it feels like, what it seems like. We may choose that. We may not really have wanted to choose the destination of that road. 
But whatever happens in that road of death is not necessarily a punishment from God, which we're going to see here. But we see that whatever we choose is not just uh, the, only us who is affected by our choice. In this verse of scripture, it says that we and our seed may live. The choices we make are going to affect our children. The choices we make are going to affect the children of our nation. The choices that we make are going to affect next generation, all right? That we and our descendants may live. Maybe not just your children, but your friends, your wider family are affected by decisions. Now, in the book of Proverbs, uh, something that's fascinated me, you know, I recommend that people read the book of Proverbs. You can read it every month. There are 31 chapters. Every other month you get to read the whole book. Um, and um, on the off months, nearly. Because we're such good mathematicians. We figured that out, didn't we? So, so uh, but something that I've noticed in all the years of reading Proverbs over each month, you know, looking at the book of Proverbs, is how many times the word way, highway, path, comes up in the book of Proverbs. So I just, I am I, I, getting ready for this. I looked at the book completely all again and listed every single verse of scripture and found that out of 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, that 26 chapters have something about the way, the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked, or the pathway, or highway, something about that. 30, out of 31, 26 chapters, and many of those chapters, multiple verses. So in Scripture, when you're looking at Scripture and something is layered over and over and over, it's, it amplifies it bigger and bigger. So uh, uh, the way, pathway, a highway is really big to God. Why? A pathway, the way, is actually the road that you choose to live your life on. The roads in a day that you choose to live your life on. It's really big, and so there's a lot in the Bible about it. Here's some things that the Bible says about the wicked, the road of the wicked. It's an evil road, darkness, crooked, devious, unstable. It is the way of a fool, unfaithful, it is the way that despises the Lord or minimizes the Lord. It, it is an abomination to the Lord. It seems right. It's contrary, or the word, the Bible word is perverse. It's always bucking. That's the road of the wicked. And, um, and it also says that it goes to hell. That's not very good. And it ends in death, all right? Well, let's, let's look at this also in Scripture. Let's look at Proverbs 13 and 15 um, uh, just, to, to, just to get a, a view of this a little bit. The way, look at this, the way or the road of the unfaithful or somebody who goes against God, goes against God's way, the way is hard. Now, I want you to hear this. It doesn't say God is hard on the transgressor. God's mean to the trans. No, it says the way is. The road that we choose can absolutely beat us up. God knows that. He sees. He sees what's in the road. You know, Tony and I um, took one of the little gals of uh, the church years, some years ago when Anna was still here. We took her up to O'Reilly's. Yeah. Well, we put in the GPS O'Reilly's. We'd never been there before. Uh, Anna had, but Tony and I hadn't. And so we were going on Anna's um, Seems Like. And um, we put in, we didn't realize that we, I don't know what we put in that GPS. But 
it ended, we started on the M1, then we got off on a smaller road. We went yet to a smaller road. And then we went yet to even yet a smaller road. And on the way, we kept thinking, is this right? Is this right? Well, we kept on going until finally there was a sign that you can't go any further unless you have four-wheel drive. We thought, is this the way everybody goes to O'Reilly's? I think not. But, and Tony was, but we had gone so far, you know. So, uh, and we had to, we had to go through this gate. It was cattle guard and it wasn't too late. And Tony was like, Anna, how did we get here? You know, because we were going on her seems like. Yeah, I think this seems like the right way. I think I thought, I think I saw this before. Anyway, we did. We had to switch it to four-wheel drive. There, actually, it was kind of fun. <laughs> but, and, and he, he got into a thing like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this road. Because it was, we had to, we had to navigate ravines. We could plunge off the road. It became quite an adventure. But, but there, it wasn't, it, the, the road was that way. If it was punishment to our vehicle, it was because it was, the, it was the road. God knows what's in the road of the wicked, and he says, don't go that way. The road's going to beat you up. Don't go that way. All right? So anyway, let's look at the next one, Proverbs 25, 22 and verse 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. That means bullheaded person. It bucks everything. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Proverbs 19 and verse 3 says, Some people ruin themselves by their own stupid actions and then blame the Lord. Okay, did you ever feel like you got slapped when you read the Bible? This would be the time. By their own. So that is it. Sometimes people find themselves in a dither. They, by their own choices. They went out there and then they're mad at, mad at people, them, 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 and him. It's all their fault. Well, here the Bible said, ah, we steered our life over there. We've, we drove our life there. Okay? Now let's contrast it then to the road or the way or the pathway or the highway of the righteous. Verse, words that are in those, those verses of Scripture and Proverbs would be like this. In the road of the righteous is reproof. Well, I'm not going there. I'd rather go in the way of the wicked because I've got a right to choose my own way. Well, the Bible calls a person like that a fool. You know? So, in the road of the righteous, one of the things that it says that it's in the road of the righteous is reproof. How many of you would be okay for reproof if reproof could save your life? If reproof, and then another one is instruction. That's in there too. And also correction is in the righteous way. It's a part of the way. It takes humility actually and not a, you know, not a puffing up. Well, I, I have a right to make my own choices. Yeah. But if we're going to go in the way of the, of the righteous then there has to be enough humility to say, mm, yeah, I could be wrong about some things. Okay? Another, some of the other words are, is justice. In this road is justice. Um, integrity, strength, life, the fear of the Lord. It's a highway. It leads upward as opposed to the other one that goes down. There is no death. And for people of age who walk on this road, age is actually glorious. It's the truth. Next week I get to join, just in a couple days, I get to join my parents. My daddy's 84, my mother's 83. They have silver hair, that's what this verse of scripture says. They are loving life. Loving life. Because that's what happens when you walk in this way. All right? Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the just is like the light of dawn that shines bright 
or just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter under the perfect day. Instead of the lights going out in your life as you go along, oh, darker and darker. No, it gets brighter and brighter. In the way of righteous is life. In Proverbs 12, verse 28, in the way of righteousness is life. It's a pathway where there is no death. Mm. It's a better road. It's a better road. Now, some of the verses in Proverbs also encourage us. The writer of Proverbs, his mother, encouraged um, Solomon to go in the way of the righteous. Other verses of Scripture warn, don't go that way, all right? So there are many warnings about being, listen to this word, influenced. Influenced. Because here you are, sometimes there's not enough facts about, about the destination of a road, and so it can make you vulnerable to influence. Or sometimes the entrance of roads looks so appealing that you think, that looks so good, that feels so good, I'm going that way. And the Bible gives strong warnings, don't just go the way that seems right. Now, let's look at a verse of scripture that says this. Proverbs 12, verse 26 says, the righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Oh, my lands. Be careful of who you let have influence to you. Because whoever influence brings you to choice or using your will as a steering wheel. All right? Now, the next verse of Scripture says, Proverbs 22 and verse 5 and 6 says, Train up a child in the way in the what? In the way. In the way that he should choose. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. In other words, children are all born with a will. But like natural drivers, <laughs> I mean, where little child, what does a little child do when you set them on your lap behind, not while you're driving, okay? But if you ever set them on your lap behind the steering wheel, what does a child do that takes a steering wheel? Can you imagine a car in motion like this? But a childlike person that has not learned to learned what is right and, and the way of the right and the way of the wrong drives their life like this. Crazy choices. Sometimes this, sometimes this. Like this. So what the Bible tells parents to do is train your child. They're a learner. They're a learner. Drive with them. Okay, in this situation, we want to choose life. Now, I know, I know it looks more fun, that. You just eat lollies all day long. Huh? better, better. I've got a right, I've got a right to eat what I want. Yeah, and you'll rot your teeth out of your face before you're eight-year-old. So, so because a parent loves, he, he, because a parent loves, he says, no, you're going to actually eat food. <laughs> See? So it's a little bit of reproof, a little bit of instruction, but it, it gives life. All right, but there's other, and with a parent walking beside a child and saying, okay, we choose this for this reason. This brings life. This brings life. But I want to do this. Okay, if we choose this, it ends over here. And the Bible provides all of that, all of that um, information to help us know what's at the end of stuff. It's a map, all right? So, he helps us. He helps us learn to start God the, through the Word of God. Helps us to start learn learning to use our wills. What a, an amazing gift from our Creator to have a steering wheel to choose. 
Have you ever driven a car that had a lot of play in the steering wheel? That nothing happened when you did this? I mean, while you're driving, 30, uh, 30 Ks, 30 Ks, driving along like this and you do this and pretty much nothing happens. That's an old car, okay? <laughs> a lot of play in the steering wheel. What's spooky then is if you get actually a, a, a newer car and you're used to being able to do this and it's actually not until you do this that the car even slightly changes. Then you get a car that has a, a tighter a steering column, huh? that's okay, it, it, tighter, and just, and so you, you're used to doing that, and you're just, you're, you're going off the road nearly, and you have to learn to adjust, just a teeny, teeny bit of adjustment. Also, not everything in life is a, a, a choice to go right or left. Sometimes you're on a road, and you notice this. I, I did this when I first started driving. I, uh, I thought, I wonder how long I could drive by just sitting the wheel. This road appears straight. Well, is anybody in here as simple as I would and ever experimented with that? You wouldn't admit it in church even before the Lord. So here, here we are. I held the wheel still. But because the, the, the road is variable, and there's, you know, uh, it wasn't too long till I was to the side of the road. You can't, you can't have automatic uh, cruise control. But you can't just have automatic steering unless you've got one of those other cars that are fixing to come out. But typically, none of us in this room have those probably. You're going to have to stay awake. Somebody's going to need to stay awake who's behind the wheel. Why? Because constant adjustments have to be made. Do you know what that means? Constant choices are going to have to be made. In one season, of one time in your life, in just major cross-sections of your life, no, every day, every day choices are going to have to be made. Not all of them are astronomical decisions. Sometimes decisions are like, I'm so ticked off at that person, and the choice is this, to forgive or to tell somebody else. I'm so ticked off at that person. That's death. That's death to that relationship. That's bringing curse from God? No, the way. Choose life. Choose, choose relationships. But I don't feel like it. It doesn't seem right. There is a way that seems right. But the way is not where you want to go. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like giving. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like it. I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like going to work. I feel like saying a lie and telling them that I don't feel good. I think I just want to watch movies. Uh, so, <laughs> okay? But there's verses of scripture about the way of a lazy man. <laughs> And we don't want to go that way. We want to, we want to go in the way where there's, it, that is full of life and brings life. So there's choices all day long, all through the day, that keep us in life. All right? Now let's look at Jesus' example here. Because Jesus, as a man, he came in the flesh as a man, had a will. God gave him a will. And he was born and it says this, and if you'll go to Matthew, the 26th chapter, and verse 39. He went a little further. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He went a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, saying, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done. Not mine. And he was struggling, 
struggling with that choice. Has anybody ever struggled in here with making the right choice? You knew what the right choice was. It just wasn't easy. Man, I have. I've, I've made the right choice sometimes with tears coming down my face because the choice hurt so bad. Down the road, it didn't hurt anymore. A lot of times, the choice to do bad over here makes you happy when you first make it, and it makes you cry down the road. The way of the Lord may make you cry at the choice, but down the road, you're like, yee-haw, I'm so glad we made the right choice. Wouldn't you rather shout down the road than only shout for a moment? Okay, so let me just give you this. Verse 45, he came to his, oh, he had to pray it the second time. My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Then he came to the disciples who said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but look, the time has come. He got up from there. He said, we're, we're going. We're going to go into this. Now, that was a huge choice for Jesus. Huge choice. The whole, the whole redemption plan rested on this choice. Every human born rested on this choice. Do you know, if you wait to ever use your will just for the big choices, your will is going to be so flabby and so atrophied from lack of choice, from lack of use, that it's difficult to make the big choices in life. Today, today, if you hear his voice, today he sets choices before us of life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. Jesus said this all through his life. He said, I didn't come to do my will. I came to do the will of the Father. So all through his life, every day of his life, he chose the will of the Father. And it made, he had a strong will. Jesus had a strong will, but it was surrendered to the Father's will. Praise the Lord. God doesn't want you willless. That you just flap with anything that, move, that, that blows on you. He wants you strong and resolute. But the only way that that can happen in the way of the Lord is by choice today. Choices through the day. Let me give you an example of somebody. Some choice, a choice that was made. Because I don't know about you, but I've made wrong choices before in my life. Oh, dear I have made some amazingly wrong choices. And uh, aren't you glad that when you make a wrong choice that in heaven God doesn't um, erase your name or scratch it or there's a little light by your name and an angel turns the light out? Aren't you glad that doesn't happen? Don't we love the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that provides forgiveness from wrong choices? Well, let me tell you this story. This is a very, very precious story to the, our church family. <coughs> there was a, there's a, a wonderful and precious um, young lady who's been a part of our church family. And um, a couple years ago, she got maybe a year ago, I can't remember. Anyway, she made the most important choice a human can make, and that's to make Jesus the Lord of their life. Because that doesn't just affect this life, that also affects the next. Huge choice, okay? She chose that. And she, she was doing so good, made some amazing, amazing uh, progress and then through other influences that were happening in her life, through other influences to her, um, yeah, she started making some choices. She started making some choices to some other roads and came up with an unexpected pregnancy. And so here she is. In the influences that she had had in her life um, before knowing the Lord, the next choice to make, after finding herself with that, the next choice to make was immediately fix it. Of course, just abort the pregnancy, stop the pregnancy. 
So she was getting ready to do that. But she had a fundamental love for Jesus. Aren't you glad that once Jesus has ever been your Savior, he doesn't stop? That even if we find ourselves driven into a dark place down here by wrong choices, he's still our Savior? And so God raised up for her an army of people, many of them in this room, an army of people that came around her, not with condemnation, but came around her with love. And because of the love of God, not coercion, not manipulation, not with bullying, not with condemnation, but with the love of God, she started making right choices. And the first choice, the right choice that she made was to keep that baby. Isn't that wonderful? She kept that baby. And with this army of people, many of them right in, 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 in our church family, uh, around her and supporting her, she then made another amazing choice that I have never in all the years of being, you know, my dad um, pastored. I, I grew up in church and was aware of all kinds of situations and have all, you know, been in ministry all my life. I've never, ever seen a situation like this where another choice that she came to here, that she had a profound desire and a consciousness that she was to keep this baby, to provide this baby as a miracle to another family. <gasps> Amazing. And when she did... This love of God, I witnessed it come out of her. She took care of her body. She made sure she ate and drank everything just right for the care of this baby to be a gift to another family. She carried that baby knowing the whole time she carried it that it was to be a gift. It was absolutely the most amazing thing I've ever gotten to, to observe. She just gave birth to that baby just a few weeks ago and lifted up her choice to the Lord, her choice initially for life, and then secondly, her choice for life. She felt that this baby was the answer to prayer for someone. The couple that have that baby are also a part of this church family. They were in the first service, and we arranged that in this service we would tell this wonderful story because it fit in with also the subject, but it's a wonderful story. And that is Glenn and Diane Johnson. Some of you know them as just a wonderful couple in our church. They have a baby now that they could not have before. Little Jeremiah. What a story. What a story. What a story of life. Of life. Guys, today, if you will put this up, choose life. And when tomorrow becomes today, because tomorrow will be today. The day after tomorrow will also be today. Do you understand? Today, choose life no matter how it looks or how it feels. Choose life no matter the influences around you because there could be influences that are trying to poke you to go a way that is not right. Choose life even if you've not chosen well before. Maybe you have a history of wrong choices. Ephesians, or Philippians, the second chapter in verse 13 says something so beautiful. Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while at work in us, influencing us from the inside. Lastly, choose life today. Today, choose life. Well, maybe I'll choose life tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to do the right thing. Tomorrow I'm going to eat the food that is best for my body. I'm going to, I'm going to watch, I'm going to stop watching what is hurting my marriage. I'm going to stop listening to what is tearing down my friends. 
tomorrow I'm going to do that. No, 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 no. Today. Can we all say today? Today. Say it again. We don't wait tomorrow. Tomorrow will never come. Today we make a choice. Jesus said this about salvation. He said, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Best choice, most important choice is to make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. If you've not done that, today is the day. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. We also want to give an opportunity. We want to give an opportunity if you've mm, wrong choices, wrong choices, and you found yourself someplace out here and you think, I just want to come back. I just want to come back. I don't even know how. I don't even know what all I need to do, but I just need to come back to God. Today is the day to do that. Don't wait. If you're, if you're born again and spirit-filled, do you know you can choose to have as much life and as much of God as you want? If you're born again, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Choose more today. So we want to give you an opportunity. I want you to bow your heads. I want to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person who is in here today. You're giving everyone choices. You've given us a will to choose. I pray for any person in here who has not yet asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life, has not chosen yet to open up their heart door to the one who's knocking on it. Help them to know that Jesus will not barge in. They have to open their heart. I pray for anyone who needs to come home. No matter what they've done, just come home. Choose to come home. I pray for anyone who needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit, has not yet been. I, I ask you to help them to know what a glorious thing they're choosing. In Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.